0: It's time to grab the bull by the horns.
1: Welcome to Beer and Bullshit. How's it going, Chris Pellerin?
0: Going well, Ben. Going well. Good Let's grab that good. bull.
1: Grab the bull by the horns. If you're joining the listening for the first time, this is the Beer and Bullshit Podcast. Uh, my name is Ben Johnson. I'm the host. Chris Pellerin is my co-host. That was Buck Martinez at the top of the show. Um, I'm curious to see if we'll continue to get to use Buck Martinez's intro when we are on the Blackburn Media Network, because we, I don't know if we need to have rights for that, but we'll see. I know we have permission from DeForesters to keep using their music, so... I hope they enjoy being on a handful of southwestern Ontario uh radio stations for promotional reasons. We'll see if <laughs> how we chop up their tunes for a promo.
0: I'm confused why would why would our friend Buck not let us continue to use the voicemail that he left you.
1: I don't know. He's not. Uh, he's not as with it as he once was. I feel like. I feel like Buck Martinez has increasingly become a caricature of Buck Martinez. Yeah, like, and well, if you look at the ball, it's just getting like more and more Buck Martinez-y every year.
0: I haven't watched much baseball. Is he struggling to keep up with the game now with all some of the changes?
1: No, he still knows baseball pretty well, but he'll make some weird. He'll he'll just say some weird shit. I mean, last night it was about well people yeah last night it was about Aaron judge I don't know if you saw but he kept like he's at bat he's batting right and he looks across the plate like of the side eye over to the dugout and like and they're like what are they what is he doing so Ben Wagner and uh and uh buck were like why does he keep looking over there and they're like I don't want to make any accusations about him like maybe they're signaling to him what pitches are going to be thrown and then, like literally, he goes. And there he did it again. He looks over clearly, like he's ready to like, bat. He does a side eye at the dugout. The pitch comes in. He just fucking cranks it. Like, <laughs> like well. So now Twitter is a buzz that you know the, the Yankees are cheating, and they he knew a pitch was coming. I mean, Aaron Judge hits a pretty good long ball anyway. So I don't know, but uh, the evidence suggests they might. The Yankees might be stealing signs.
0: Well, they just said that story came out from like Division Three baseball in the states of the guy that was cheating. Did you see this? No. All the batting helmets had like audio equipment in where they were telling the guys what pitches were coming wow. next
1: for Division Three baseball. That's yeah, hardcore. <laughs> and
0: the first baseman heard the guy, the kid who was on first base, heard some. I, I thought I heard like talking or something like that. They so made a motion to his manager and then the, you see the umps going around they're checking like the bases are loaded they're checking every helmet like, There's all this stuff in here wow <laughs> coach has been banned for life pretty quick
1: I mean what you gotta go down like that's committed to cheating if you're like find if you find yourself in like modifying batting helmets that's pretty hardcore
0: it's pretty awesome anything for an edge
1: I mean part of me says yeah that's baseball right The history of baseball is the history of cheating in sports. It's just the way she goes. But, I mean, if you're putting radio equipment in your batting helmet, that's a little much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit.
1: Anyway, Buck Martinez, we love him. Thanks for continuing to come to my house every week to record that one line and then drive home.
0: I don't know why I said it was a voicemail earlier. My mistake.
1: Anyway, how are you? I mean, I guess I know how you are. We we hung out. We went to go see Blink-182 in Toronto. That was pretty fun. We're living some uh, our, our glory days.
0: That's right. It was a, it was a, a lot of fun. I don't know. Uh, we talked after the show about sound being pumped in and whatnot. Maybe it was just the high musician and me that was focused on it a little bit more than anybody else.
1: You think sound is being pumped? I think Tom DeLonge is being auto-tuned in real time. I don't know that there's any supplemental audio happening like he did have a he did have a
0: did you see the strings in the piano i mean there was definitely it was definitely gussied up
1: i guess yeah he had a stationary mic stand which to me is like why is that thing on a white plastic then nothing (laughs) else
0: Thursday it's not the way auto-tune works you're allowed to move the microphone even i don't know there's a
1: tube there's a special tube in there or something
0: (laughs) <laughs> no um but you missed when the second when the song came on that it had just finished playing it was like ashley simpson on saturday night live but it was it was just for the extra wall of sound but whatever i don't i'm, I'm it, not hating the I, they, it was they a sounded, great show it they're old,
1: fantastic they're even older than us they're still rocking that was a good show we had some good beer went to beer town which is random went in toronto i guess you go to beer town and then, uh, I don't even know, 222? Was that the name of the bar on Dundas? Or was that uh, yeah. Ossington? Okay. 222 Ossington was fine. Anyway.
0: And where were they? Where were we when you asked, do you have any craft? And they said, well, there's this local Pilsner. It's called Steam Whistle. Did that happen? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think where we were. That might have really? been, been our hotel beer.
1: Oh, yeah, maybe. Anyway. It was a nice, I did have a nice steam whistle after my martini in the hotel. Anyway, people really want to hear us recount. Should we go over our dinner menu? Japanese fusion.
0: No, <laughs> it was good though. No, it was just Japanese. It yeah, it wasn't, wasn't
1: fused. It wasn't fused with anything. It was just full-blown <laughs> Japanese. Very good. Um, we have a good uh <laughs> I was say, speaking of full-blown Japanese has nothing to do with our show. Uh it's, we have a, it's a good call. <laughs> we have a great show tonight. Uh, our friend Ren Navarro is here. Ren, uh, for those who don't know, is the founder of Beer Diversity, a company she created to help improve diversity in the craft beer industry, and has definitely had some highs and lows with that company in the past little while. Uh, notably, a, a low recently, which I'm sure we will talk to her about.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to talk to Ren. She's our our second second timer on the show and I wasn't uh I wasn't on the first time so I've not never had a chance to meet Ren
1: well you will tonight and uh I'm gonna drink some of the uh I'm gonna do the Great Lakes Brewery plug tonight because uh we did the Chris Peller in Toronto trip where you have to go to Great Lakes Brewery on the way home and I've got an Absacker Hellas lager from Great Lakes tonight so far it's pretty good
0: you don't have to stop in on your way home, but you'd be a lot cooler if you did. It's
1: true. We could have gone to more breweries if uh, someone in our car wasn't vomiting.
0: <laughs> it's just coffee. It's just coffee. It's just,
1: it's just the coffee, I'm sure. All right. Well, let's get into it. Let's get Ren in here and do this thing. Buck, you get out of here. Ren's coming in. I see, you, Buck. I'll see you later, everybody. <laughs> okay. Here's Ren. Hi, Ren. Hi, Ben. Now it's official. We're recording. (laughs) We can say hi to each other. (laughs) Um, My co-host, Chris, will join us shortly and interrupt us. So if we get into anything too meaningful, that's the time he'll definitely jump in. Oh, I love it. Mm. So how was Nashville?
2: (laughs) Nashville was great. It was a dream come true. Everyone was really (laughs) lovely. I felt really safe and welcome. <laughs> I can't even
1: do it. <laughs> oh, Chris is here!
2: Yay!
0: Hello.
1: Chris is usually hiding in his attic because Chris has three kids. And uh oh, there
0: he is. Hi. How's it going, Ren? Uh, it's called a loft, bin It sounds cooler oh. than attic.
2: Attic right. sounds really creepy.
0: <laughs> Bonus: My son cleaned it for my wife for Mother's Day, and it's Aww. moderately clean. <laughs> Way to go,
1: Jake. I see it was,
0: that. The last few times, it was disgusting. That's why it's just a white wall.
1: Okay.
0: Um, Chris, this is Ren. Ren, this is Chris. Hello, Ren.
1: Hello,
2: Chris.
0: <laughs> nice to meet you.
2: It's good to meet you.
0: I missed you the first time that you were on. I know.
1: It's like, where were you? Chris is the poker, beer, bullshit.
0: I try to be mysterious. Keep people <laughs> wanting more.
1: I don't know if oh, I, I like can that. say poker in beer context. That's copywritten, maybe, by Rob. Yeah. <laughs> well, Cheers. We've all got a fresh one Chris I'm assuming you've got something going.
0: I am just about to open this what promotional beverage <laughs> makes it taste better oh, are you gonna drink it on the show oh I thought you that thought that was the idea
1: I thought you would drink it in advance and report about how high you got because it's is a, it? it's it's as molo. it's from a it's called Mollo
0: ten it is a beer in or sorry a cannabis infused beer
1: Ooh. yeah but also it had cbd thc and then cbg
0: which i don't like even know what CBG's? that does.
1: i don't know yeah, i think it turns it makes- you into a ramon <laughs> makes your ass bleed and uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> they need a new cb every oh god every six no months no one's ever gonna send us
1: no one's ever gonna say yeah, we say it makes your ass bleed it <laughs> 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 just ruined our promotional partnership opportunities oops I don't know if
0: this is a beer. I think it's a a beverage. I think it's
1: supposed to smell and taste like beer. Anyway, okay. Uh Ren, we were serious for a minute. If you want to jump right into Nashville, I was kind of being facetious. Yeah, why not? So you've had a hell of a week or two, or when was that? It feels like... It was a week. I came home a week ago. Okay. So yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, Ren was at the Craft Brewers Conference, run by the Craft Brewers Association in the United States, and it was kind of a bust
2: uh yeah so it's the brewer's association that runs it which is i think the largest craft breweries association in the world um if anyone wants to correct me just send it to ben he'll deal with it
1: yeah uh, it would be our second email we'd love to read it
2: <laughs> it was like eleven thousand attendees wow and um it went off the rails on the first official day of the conference
1: really yeah okay.
2: so a little bit of a background story so this is my third time going to the conference um the first two years were really great and like so many amazing people i got like great mentors out of it and great friendships um dr j she is the head of like the diversity for the Bruce association and is now a dear friend of mine Um, uh, and then you know a bunch of other people but um this year i didn't feel really good about it <laughs> which like obviously because it's being held in nashville um yeah. and you know the state of tennessee is making drag queens illegal which is really a veiled way to go after transgender people because it's just easier i guess to do yeah. that and then they've got kind of messed up lgbtq plus rules and um bans and guns are still number one and yeehaw so um yeah. So I wasn't I wasn't feeling really great about it anyway and kind of had done the thing that I always say I will never do. And I like wrote a post and was like, hey, like I'm just gonna put this out there, but like this is gonna be my last year that I go because I feel kind of icky about it. And um, the reason that I'm not pulling out is because financially it's just it's a lot of money because also a fun fact if you get invited to speak, you have to find your own way there. And mm. your own accommodations. Oh, you only. mean
1: you mean it cost you a lot of money? Not that it's lucrative for you to. Yeah, work. no, it co- it
2: cost me a lot of money, um, personally. <laughs>
1: oh wow! To, okay.
2: to go, so I was like, I'm not going to pull it, and I'm going to go. Um, which you know, I in the back of my head, all I can hear is like, "Ma'am, this is not an airport. You do not need to announce your departure." But
0: <laughs> yeah. I had to do it this
2: time around. So, um, I think part of why I felt icky was that the BA didn't put out a statement, just being like, "Hey, it's capitalism." And the reason that we can't pull out is because we actually book like several years in advance. Right. So every every year that they book or every year that they do the conference, it's booked between, I think I was told, between two and four years in advance. Okay. Depending on on the location.
1: And who knows what the Republicans are going to get up to. In the well, 60s. exactly. Right. <laughs> like, I mean,
2: everything is problematic anyway, but like, Great. you know,
1: two to three years ago, Nashville was just kooky. Uh, Just a little
2: cookie. Like a little cookie, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, so obviously I was bummed that they never made that statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't looking for a statement about anything outside of it, though that would have been nice. Uh, but as we know, our Canadian brewery associations don't make statements either. So, uh, why would it be different? But I just, that was all I wanted was that, hey, we booked this years ago and it'd be financially ruinous for us to pull out of the state. Like it it will cost them millions of dollars. Right. So I went in just kind of being like, it's gonna be cool, question mark. Um, Every year that I've gone, there is a pre-conference event on the Sunday or the Monday or whatever the day is before the conference um, that is all about diversity, equity, and inclusion and has amazing speakers or people who just don't get to speak. Um, so it's either a diverse topic or a diverse speaker uh, or both. And it's honestly, it's like the best day ever. It's a smaller version of the conference. So it's like a few hundred people <laughs> <laughs> instead of being, you know, 10,000 10, or 11,000. Um, and it just has a really good vibe. So that's how my conference started, which was great.
1: So it was a good vibe again this year.
2: Good vibe again this year. It was really great. I did a talk on the Sunday. It was like awesome, felt great. Monday I was like, I think it's gonna be good. And I was woefully wrong. So I skip, I always skip the like keynote and stuff, which I heard was atrocious. Um but you know, it's just kind of a round table of white guys being like, not enough white guys drink craft beer, but we heard that women and minorities like beer too. Maybe you should talk to them. Right. So, <laughs> so I had decided to show up for a, um, a presentation that I wish I could say I was making up the title, but it is uh, Privilege
1: as Your Leadership Superpower. I mean, how did so many, there's got to be a lot of people involved in this organizing of this event it, and they have someone who does diversity and inclusion for them. How does that slip through the, I mean...
2: Depending on who I talk to, the the answer is basically there's two two streams. Um, mine was that you had to apply and then they vet your stuff like 8,000 times over.
1: Right. And
2: then there's another stream where there's like hired speakers, but some people said she got paid, some said she didn't get paid. Um, I don't care. I just care that that was allowed to be a
1: session. But like, just to, even to the person that's typing it into the program, uh-huh. like, what uh-huh. the fuck? We could probably position this better. Like, okay, I'm I know. Not gonna... can, you, can you imagine just sitting there typing it and you're like, what? But is this what? fucking <laughs> real? Is someone fucking with me? Okay. So <laughs> like, this is gonna be
0: so good. I'm gonna be a super ally on my speech here. This is gonna be so <laughs> yeah. good.
1: But like, so... I mean, I can, uh, I can. Anyway, I can understand. Maybe <laughs> like, there's a conversation to be had about like, hey, recognize you're coming from a privileged place. There's a responsibility you know that comes with that maybe that's the angle but like to say privilege is your superpower (laughs) and it was it was weird because i kind of went in like you know half
2: joking with friends being like i think this is going to be one of those like you idiots like you can't have that as a thing and like here's what you really need to do um i was wrong this was a hundred percent like earnest in presentation uh, it was pre- presented by a white woman Who later on people told me that she's a very nice woman And I was like, okay, cool um,
1: also, well, she, has a, she has a superpower,
2: do you know about her superpower? I know, right, yeah <laughs> Called white
0: She, should, she um, should fire her editor maybe she's
2: Also, she's nice. an one um, Also, <laughs> fun fact for your listeners If you have a, a friend I don't know, maybe her name is Ren um, And she's done wrong Don't tell her to reach out to the person who wronged her <laughs> Oh a lot of people told me to, like, email her, and I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> if, you only, if you only knew her better, Ben, you should do if some work. Only, you, you if only I knew, I knew her better. Her. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was it was really terrible, and just everything about it. The only thing I remember is that basically she was, like, white, straight, men are the problem. And I was like, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you are too, my friend. You are too. <laughs> right. Wow so okay I, I mean I only know about what actually happened based on your Instagram actually we haven't even texted or anything but like I know, I know. did did you did you speak up in that session or you're just like fuck this I'm out of here I sat there for the entire thing I listened to the whole thing
2: okay Um. and when it ended uh, I went onto autopilot and walked out and my body was just a husk and everything else left and then I freaked out and I had a meltdown And my friends, shout out to Lady Justice Brewing in Denver, um, got me out of the building. They were like, you got to go. You can't be here anymore. And because that's when we realized that things had just gone off the rails in ways that could never be repaired. Mm. Um, And, you know, and the BA has value statements and they had posters up that said, like, you know, do's and don'ts at conferences. And they basically did all the don'ts of the (laughs) do's that they were posting.
1: So it wasn't, um, I mean, this is worth noting that you were there to speak about having a value statement and to yeah. as an organization.
2: Yeah. So I was doing two presentations. So the one I did on Sunday was about disabilities and tap rooms and how to make accessible nice. um, spaces and, you know, invisible, invisible disabilities with a great um, co-chair who is an employment lawyer, uh, John Hyman out of the States. He's so great. But yeah, Tuesday was my talk about uh, value statements and kind of like how to get it right. And so.
0: this uh, is something I,
1: to talk about. <laughs> I,
2: yeah, well, I mean, I obviously I had a, a whole presentation that I just right. stuck with, but it, it really like Monday did a number on me, which I wasn't expecting. I'm, you know, as, as cute. I mean, Ben, you and I've known each other for like a dozen years. Um, you know, I've been through a lot of stuff. And this was the one time that I was just like, I don't, I don't know how to do anything with this. And when I say that that moment broke me, it absolutely broke me. And I've, you know, I've had trolls, I've had stuff happen. And I just, I don't know what it was, but it just kicked me so hard that I was like, I can't be here anymore.
1: I mean, (laughs) you're, you're there doing your thing, literally thinking that there's an organization who supports and values what you're up to. And then you're sitting through a thing that's counter to everything that you've been brought there to talk about and that they support or at least say that they support so yeah I could see how that would be a kick in the gut
2: (laughs) yeah and so you know so Monday I I just never went back to the conference and then Tuesday I couldn't I just couldn't get out of bed and and had decided that I needed to get out and it was astronomically expensive to get out and I thought well maybe I'm stuck till Wednesday because that's when my flight was and I was like I can't stay and you know you got to get out of your hotel early um, I have friends who were going to drive me to St. Louis and then fly me home from there. Like it was just going to be this whole like smuggle run across state lines, uh, <laughs> and in the end, I just finally said, "You know what? I'm just I'm I'm going to pay for this ticket, and figure it out later." Um, but didn't get to the conference until an hour before my presentation. Did my session, said goodbye to a few friends, grabbed my bag, and fucked off to the airport.
1: Damn. Well, that's a bust for sure. Yeah. I'm sorry that happened. I mean, have has. Has there been a, any attempt to contact you or like, has there, I mean, you're making, you're making the, the rounds on social media. People are sharing your stuff. I've seen it. I mean, has anyone tried to write this as like, does anyone get it? That's like why you were pissed off or.
2: um, Yeah. I think that, you know, there's, there's, um, I have had a conversation with, with one of the board members who again is a good friend. And so it was kind of a, let me talk to you first before yeah. talking to anyone else. So I'm waiting to see what the next steps are. Um, But during this, a couple of the delegates from the Canadian Craft Brewers Association were also there, and then turned this into a monetizing moment to push a program that they're doing. Um, I have not, as of today, have not heard from anyone um, after I sent very angry emails and texts telling them that it was not okay um they told me they were gonna pull the letters they didn't pull the letters they sent them out across canada because i got a copy of the letter from my friend in nova scotia right so uh if they're listening you guys can go get uh also i was their consultant which also just makes it another level of ick
1: so now they're uh, so let's for context, maybe, Chris, I can see your confused face. You might just be farting. I'm not sure, but you have a, a face. Both, but, um... <laughs> but for context, the Canadian Craft Brewers Association appears to be leveraging Ren's situation to talk about the importance of having a value statement and doing the work for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And they'd like you to pay for that <laughs> and, have, and have them do it for you.
2: And, so and paying
1: I, to a different consulting company. Right, whereas Wren was formerly their consultant. So yeah. I've been cut out of it completely. Yeah. Um And
2: my name is not in the letter, and it they've tried to make it pretty vague as to who it is, but based on the timing, uh, it came out on, I think it came out on Tuesday. They either got it out on Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, And so it was like, oh, yeah, it can't be the Craft Brewers Conference, and it can't be Ren. Uh, So... <laughs> Yeah. I
1: mean, what a fucking reminder. So they're,
0: using, they're using their superpower then? If I'm yeah, for they're using privilege the their leadership
2: superpower. They're sending
1: up their white
2: God, signal. What is it? Yeah, <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's like a jar of mayonnaise. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wonder bread. It's just like, and, it, and it's so frustrating because it's just, you know, I, I also got trolled really badly for it. Um, you know, shout out to Robin LeBlanc for watching my ass and, and being like, hey, dude, <laughs> here are the things for you to do to save your what's left of your sanity. But um there was a lot of trolling happening on Twitter and some of it was bleeding over into say Instagram. And I've heard that a bunch of brewers think that I'm just a big ass baby about it. So um for those of you who think that D I work in, in the beer community isn't needed, it totally is because a bunch of you are assholes. And just, you know, unre- like it's it's totally it, it was a it was a weird moment. Um, you know, like I said, when I was leaving the conference, I got stared down and and I felt incredibly intimidated on unsafe by a brewer who saw my t-shirt, which read all beers, gay beer. Um, so I thought, cool. As I'm leaving the conference, I'm going to get beaten up. So there was just a lot that like didn't work out. And then the, you know, the Canadian craft brewers association doing that, which is just,
1: uh... so it's, oh. it's been a lot. <laughs> Sorry. I unplugged my microphone there. I was about to say that you've kind of, I mean, like, you've experienced the way that craft beer seems to treat diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's that we've either, it's just lip service and it's actually bullshit, or let's make some money off of it. <laughs> like, those are kind of the two main streams. Yeah. It's fucking unfortunate. I mean, I wish we were having you on the show again to talk about how things have gotten better, but man.
2: I know. It's just, it's wild. And I think that, you know, like, not to take away, there are breweries that are really putting in the work. Um, and trying to do stuff. But it just shows you that on a large level that if a national association is just kind of like, whoopsie doodle, uh, yeah, like leaving it. And the thing, I think the thing that bothers me the most is that, you know, this happens every year. You know that a bunch of people are made to feel uncomfortable and they go home. And the only reason we're still talking about it is because it's me. And, you know, it feels kind of shitty that it's like, it had to be my experience. To be able to start talking about this, but like I'm sure there are a bunch of people who, who wrote to me privately and said I was too scared to go. Um, Mm -hmm. A really good friend of mine, who is in brewing and is proudly transgender, and she was like terrified to be there. And you know you're supposed to be going to this to learn and to network and not be like, is someone going to follow me into the bathroom and give me a hard time and try to beat me up? Right. So it's just, you know, and then, of course, it's in Nashville, so everything is yee-haw and um, about having these parties and and doing this stuff. But like, no one is having these serious conversations about how do we stay safe? And so instead, there's, you know, there were groups on site who were putting in the work, um, Beers for Everyone, which is also based out of the States. They put out like safety tips. It's just like, it's fucked up that, you know, that wasn't coming from the Brewers Association. And then the fact that they, you know, there was a, uh, a party, like a fundraising party on the Sunday night. And you know, the first 50 people got like safety whistles and it's just like, Oh my God, (laughs) what are we doing? Like, we know we're not safe. And we're the ones arming each other to like try and stay safe. And like, I have conference buddies whenever I travel to the States. Um, and you know, and like, I left my, I left my wife, my friend's phone numbers
1: before I left. Jeez. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't, I can't relate. I mean, you, you see what this is, <laughs> yeah. but like I was in Nashville two weeks before you and yeah. I, the vibe was weird and I'm white, I'm cis, And I'm like, but yeah, I mean, I went to the, the strip in Nashville and I, it was like, I called it Redneck Disney because it's like, let's put on some sexy cowgirl cosplay and go get wasted drunk. It's like a weird space. And I'm like, but yeah, even I like, mean with there was a shoot, there was a school shooting like four days before I had to go. And I was yeah. like, I I mean, I didn't feel hundred percent safe. I hate fucking hate guns, but I mean this I can't even relate to where you're coming from.
2: Yeah, it's just it's the first time that I also sent her like the lock info for my room you know i stayed in a place that a keypad and just like the things that i had to think about before i went like normally i'm just like yeah here's my flight info i'm like i'll see you in three days or whatever um but having to give extra info and be like i don't feel safe and then be in a situation where i'm like oh shit, i actually don't feel safe Mm -hmm. like i might have done the right thing by giving her this extra info um is it really terrifying notion when you are surrounded by people who supposedly care about making beer for everyone
1: and talking about what a community beer is and it's just
2: like is it
1: yeah yeah it's i mean i don't there's there, like you said there's a lot of people doing the work and maybe like i'm in a, a bubble right because i follow the ones who are doing the work and like socially and but like when you get out to a place where like you're openly persecuting people for being different like literally just Drag like what could be less threatening than a drag performance? Like who gives a shit? But, but then like when when you're in an environment where it's like okay, we're gonna normalize hatred. You're like this yeah. is, but well, okay, that's okay to do now. But let's get fucking open about things and get really weird. Like yeah. it's fucking awful.
2: Well, I mean, think about it. Like you know, neo Nazis are showing up outside of of drag shows to protest them. Like I yeah. i just you know I just shake my head a lot. I and I think that knowing that i was in a space that normalizes that hate but then has this weird veneer of like have a root and toot in good time right it's just (laughs) i think that's like know, i can't i can't put the two pieces together yeah um because i'm surrounded by people who are afraid to exist
1: so i mean you sound a little defeated Rand. i hope you're not done with this because like you said there's only a handful of people doing the work and we need them i hope you're not hanging in the towel
2: i don't want to go work for other people so um I gotta keep doing this, I guess, because I gotta be my own boss.
1: I mean, shitty capitalist silver lining. There's lots of work to do, Rand. Uh, it's job security. Yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> like I'm trying to put <laughs> cash you know. in because everyone's shitty. Woo! I'm I'm
2: just yeah, I'm like, I'm really exhausted. I uh, I haven't slept well in a while. So it's you know, I I I think that the the thing that gets me is that my my fear or the every time we go through these things is that like in 2 to 3 weeks everyone's just like yeah whatever mm-hmm. um you know it's been a week and the outrage are already dropped by like half
1: oh yeah um, and gone. i think yeah and i think by
2: this time next week
1: no one will be talking about it unfortunately that's our attention span for fucking anything but yes our yeah. social, ju- our social justice attention span isn't any longer than our whatever it's, content.
2: It's even shorter, right? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. we're all talking about the Vanderpump Rules uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> finale, and like, what about yeah. that? But I, I just think that, um, yeah, in a week we won't be talking about it.
1: So, this, I mean, this is a maybe not a rude awakening because you are like you you felt it before you went there. You know, you're like maybe this isn't a good move to go. I but I shouldn't go. But, like, Nashville and American fuckery aside, before you went, would you have said things are getting better? Like, is it the same um, old shit? And the, you know, the loud voices are loud and the fucking people that are hating your every beer is gay beer shirt are just quieter because they're like, oh, maybe I should shut up because we're getting, you know, the woke mob is going to get me. Like, are, are they just scared? or are they going, like, are people getting it? I I think it's a little
2: bit of both. I think that you know people are still using the the excuse of like we're 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 post COVID. Fun fact, we're not. But uh, right. we're- and now we gotta we gotta focus on other things. And it's like no, we 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 really loved each other for a year and a half because we all thought we were gonna die, and then we didn't die, and now we're back to being shitty. And now we're like doubling you know doubling down on the shittiness. Yeah. Um,
1: I think we're. I've said it before on this podcast in this season. We're post craft that whole yeah. like notion that we were all shiny, happy, better than macro. And everyone is friends. And like, yeah. this is different. We're not a business. We're a community, all of the we're things, a family here. Right. All the Whoa. things that made craft like so fun and attractive, like are kind of gone. Like, I mean, people are like, fuck, you're so negative. Every time I, every time <laughs> I post a podcast episode, it's like, Oh fucking grumpy old Johnson. But like, we're kind of post-craft. Like, it's time to wake up. Like, it's not just, you know, it's not good enough to just have your little craft brewery and be like, hey, we're your community. You got to have a business plan. It's not good enough to just post a value statement. You got to live it. Like, we're just, I don't know. Maybe the illusion is shattered. Maybe it's just me, but like COVID. No, I, I think
0: the,
2: the you know, I was, I was lucky enough to do some teaching at Niagara College uh, last year for a couple of terms. And so the first question I would ask the class is, what do you, how do you define craft? And then of course, you know, you get 10 or 15 different answers. And I say, okay, hold on to that. And in 10 weeks, we're going to ask the question again. And we, you know, read an article about um, Thomas Jefferson is like the original homebrew guy, uh, which he wasn't. Peter Hemmings, who was an enslaved brewer, did it. But there's an article where he's called the first craft brewer. And I'm like, so in 18 whatever, I was he the first craft brewer? We don't have a definition of craft at that point. And somehow we do now, and then we go through it and you realize that craft is just kind of this weird like floating nebulous definition. And brewers are getting bought by the big guys. And yet somehow they're still kind of staying as craft. Beer is beer is beer. Um, you know, if you want to add me like, jump in line, but I don't, I don't think the notion of craft can, like you said, can really sustain itself. Like you're paying beer tax, you're paying (laughs) to keep your lights on, you're keeping for your, you know, paying for your water and stuff. Like it's not a hobby, it's a job and it's a business and you got to treat it as such. And I, you know, I feel like 10 years ago, people were like, I'm going to do this like super edgy thing. And now they're like, I would never think of that because what if I get canceled and then I can't pay my bills but well, then, you're, you know, like, so, then, what are you? That's right. You're a businessman under capitalism.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now I think it's like someone's famous definition of pornography. Like, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. Like, yeah, I know, yeah. I, I know. I know. It's not craft. Like, <laughs> like I can smell that. But like, uh-huh. I don't know. I I, I mean, like. I think if Labatt buys you, you're it's that there's a there should be a line. Like I that's the line for me. Like if if A B yeah. and Bev is signing your checks, stop saying craft. I, I, I said know, but why me. could you ever say craft? I think that like it's the kind of it's the same thing as like
2: bespoke whatever, right? Like right. remember when bespoke was the word and it was like it just meant you made it.
1: Uh, artisanal,
2: right, yeah. artisanal, artisanal beer, artisanal cheese. Like it's just sure. cheese, it's just beer.
0: Okay. Um
2: and I, I think that the The, you know, the notion and to see how many places are buying other places and getting bigger and they're not getting bought by the Labatt's or the Molson's or the AB and Bev or whatever, they're buying up other breweries. You know, like Silversmith and Black Oak and like um, Bench and Henderson's and like this is, it's happening. Does that make you craft? Like I thought that craft was like you owned three shirts, two of them were Carhartt and you lived in your mom's basement and you just kind of like hoped for the best. Um, no dis on living in your mom's basement. My mom's awesome. I would totally do it. Um, but like if you and your brewery, which you're like, we're small, I know everyone's name, can buy another brewery. Are you really craft?
1: Well, see, I don't like that definition because it's like shits on people for being successful. Like I want you to like, be successful,
2: but I want to stop making the craft. The definition of craft is that I suffer for my art.
1: Right. Exactly. Then I am a craft
2: DEI consulting because I'm suffering fucking hard.
1: Yeah. I don't think, so. no, but like steam, like steam was like, they're not craft anymore. I'm like, where did, where, when did they stop? What happened? Well, they, they got stop? successful. They got successful. It's like, well, that's not a, I'm sorry. Speaking of professionalism, my burritos here and I'm going to eat a burrito. Amazing. While we a so ASMR. with the,
0: this is kind of, I don't know if you've been listening to the show this season Ren, but this has kind of been a common theme for us about selling out. And you know, the definition of craft is probably along those same lines and i mean is the, is the label important or, or? I think so
2: i think i think what you do with it is important i think that the notion of of craft you know it's like why do we why do we stop loving amsterdam because they got bought but steam whistle at its size is still adored why is great lakes at its size still adored right like what's the difference it's yeah. oh right you know you didn't get 44 million dollars <laughs> of cash injection like but you're still making the same stuff right now so i think well, that it's it's who the people are too right i mean that's that's the big piece
0: well and i like to support local and i mean yeah. even that definition is a little funky is a new mexican restaurant in london no oh, but it's a hamilton restaurant group and now they have right. three locations I'm like well I'm still local i mean they're, they're lovely humans
2: a... though i will vouch for them
1: are we all talking about the mule because yeah like we are yeah, yeah i
0: mean they also opened one in
2: port dover <laughs> Oh, Dover, okay. My mom lives
1: in Dover. Oh, nice. (laughs) But
0: yeah. Um, Is that where you got your burrito from, Ben?
1: No, this is a Fat Bastard burrito. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Chris froze, I think. So good. Unless it's just me, but I... No, no, he's back. He's back. Um, Honestly, I I was on the Uber Eats app so long trying to think about what to eat i was like fuck this is going to arrive in the middle of the podcast and here we are i think it's great i like it yeah we can drink beer on the show who said we can't eat a big ass burrito if i had
2: known if only i had known yeah
1: this is a byo burrito show now so good (laughs) but yes we could probably talk about the definition of craft until forever
2: oh for sure i don't i don't think that
1: there's a solid definition I think and I also think there's like eight nerds on Twitter that care anymore, like it's like me and Jordan St. John and Alan McLeod, whoever, like whoever the fuck feels like arguing that day. It's pretty meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the craft doesn't align with values. Clearly, we've seen that we saw the Craft Brewers Association extensively throw their value statement to the to the wind.
2: Yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of others, I mean the, you know, the Canadian Craft Birds Association also has values and they have their stuff. And um, I think just because you have the values doesn't mean that you're a good person.
1: Right. But, right. Um, right.
2: Right. Because values, right. values and code of conduct is about um, being held accountable. And if you can't be held accountable, and if you're not okay with it, and like, I don't know, you shut down your comment section on Instagram, so people stop calling you names, like, come on, you put it out there.
1: And I it's, always love that move. It's a great move.
2: It's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. it's I mean, a favorite granted, handle- granted I, did, I did have to do it. I had to shut down my my comments. for Yours oh, is a, bit the a little different.
1: Yours is people being hateful. I mean, if you're yeah. facing criticism and you have to turn it off, it's like, maybe you should reassess. Yeah. And then maybe don't run your, your scheduled, uh, marketing
2: programming right after, uh, the, uh, the BA posted, I, I can't remember what event it is, but it's like two bearded white guys in the picture. <laughs> so oh, it's God. just like, oh, you couldn't wait like another four days.
1: I mean, to be fair, every single picture I've seen of people in Nashville, it looked a lot like a handful of bearded white guys. <laughs> I knew I should have shaved for the show. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um did Chris did you jump off is that what happened?
0: No, I was going to. I was getting kind of laggy there, but it's all good.
2: In your loft not your attic.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm right by the internet source here, but I think something to do with that burrito. What sort of uh sauce <laughs> do you have in there?
1: I oh, don't know, it was hot as fuck. I'm dying right
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so
1: good. Well, Ren, if you've listened to the show this year or whenever we came back. Yeah. We do a little something called Pell's Corner, and uh, we throw it to Chris, and he does something, and we don't know what it's going to be. It's uh, often "Would you rather," so I've, my money would be on that. I don't know if he's got the same thing for us tonight. You want to play some Pell's Corner with us? Whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm in. Okay, I got to find right. the. Uh, let me find your amazing intro music. It's got to be here somewhere. Um, this is you got a new one in the works, right, Chris?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's coming soon.
1: Hey, we're officially now in Pell's Corner. When you hear the music, what is Pell's Corner tonight?
0: First off, shout out to uh you coming to my place last night, Benny, and talking to your son. Said, Yeah, I know we had uh, we had him on for Sam's Corner one time. I'm like, is corner just your thing? Like it's Do season a...
1: one, in season one, Sam had five minutes at the end of the show. We called it Minecraft Corner.
0: Oh, okay. Nice.
1: He doesn't own the trademark on the word corner <laughs> yet
0: in a fun coincidence for today's Pell's corner i was doing some research and there is a Pell's corner in west perth it was a convenience store dating back to the 19th century
1: <laughs> i did not know that you googled Pell's corner today i like it
0: yeah i found out about the cardinal george pell who uh, was a. no we've lost interest the corner yeah. was good Yeah. okay cool <laughs> <clears throat> all right so tonight we're not doing would you rather uh, but okay it kind of is but it's not this is a we're going to uh, do a debate. I'm going to lob out some debate topics and I'm going to choose which side you're debating. Bren, are you into this? Oh my God.
1: I'm so into it. <laughs> yeah. Carmen Vicente they thought it was rigged because I'm up the floor with her. So I'm just going to put it out there that I'm so far, I'm one to know.
2: All right.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm the judge and I would never throw Carmen under the bus like that. Fair enough. Um, all right, we're going to start with something that's topical to you eating right now. A taco is a sandwich. Ben, you are arguing that, yes, it is a sandwich. Ren, you are arguing that a taco is not a sandwich. Ben, go ahead.
1: I mean, if you look at the definition of sandwich, it is bread filling bread. If, you, if a taco is anything, it is thin strips of corn-based bread turned on its side. It's a sandwich. It's a lazy man's
2: burrito. I rest my case. It is not a sandwich.
0: (laughs) But is a burrito a sandwich?
2: No, it's a wrap.
0: Yeah, point ran.
1: For the record, I don't think it's a sandwich.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you literally just argued that point. I'm really good
1: at seeing other people's points of view. (laughs)
0: All right, here's one for you. Um it's better to read the book before watching the movie. Ren, you're going to argue yes it is, Ben. You're gonna argue no it's not.
1: You're such a dick. You give me all the harder anyway.
0: Listen, um... sandwich boy. Let Ren speak.
1: <laughs> okay, Ren gets
2: to go first. Uh you should always the book first because then you allow your imagination to take you to another place and when you sit down and watch the movie it is the high budget version of your janky ass imagination which isn't that better
1: see i think if you read a book the movie could be ruined so it's a better experience to go into a movie fresh not knowing anything about it you get to see what the director wanted you to see and conceptualize and then if you really like it read the book and maybe you learn a little bit more a little bit more complexity a little bit more layers
0: yeah it's kind of a tough one i do think that good movies can be ruined if you uh read the book beforehand
1: dude i'm so heartbroken
2: that you gave me that um one of my favorite books is the hours by michael cunningham and that movie is god awful terrible um nicole kidman won an oscar for her portrayal of virginia wolf i'm an english major Virginia Wolf did not look like a white woman with a fake nose stuck on. Um, I'm still bitter about it like 10 years later. So
1: Was that the movie when she had that in- insane prosthetic nose? Yeah, 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 it was.
2: Yeah, It was really terrible. That looked super fake the entire time.
1: Well, I remember when I was 13 years old and the uh, Michael Keaton Batman movie was coming out. Before I saw the movie, I read the novelization of the movie. Oh. There were whole scenes in the book that didn't even happen in the movie. And I was very confused
0: see as a big harry potter fan i uh see a lot of people talk about the goblet of fire as being their favorite movie And um, it like it's awful if you know the book inside and out it's all these visual cues that are just basically telling the audience you're too stupid to figure something simple out
2: and i was like man i i used to love harry potter and then you know um jr and her turfy ways so i'm just like i got nothing
1: <clears throat> yeah i have a really hard time with that because only recently, Harry Potter has ignited my son's love of reading, and I'm like, oh, but, yeah. but, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. We had all
1: the books, and we got rid of them. And I had like the British misprint,
2: and I was like, eh, it might be worth money, but it's got to go.
1: Sell it, sell it to some turf-loving eBay person. Yeah, but then I have to deal with them. <laughs> true, <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> well, we we, were, we we moved on to How to Train Your Dragon, and uh, oh, I'm just sweet. never going to. I'm never going to Google the author's name. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? To
0: find out. Don't, Don't do it. Blissful ignorance is a great tagline.
1: Blissful ignorance. <laughs> I'm going to go full ignorant. <laughs> oh, who got the win there, Chris? Just for the record.
0: Yeah, it was Ren again. She's on a roll.
1: Look at me. I think I see what's happening here.
0: <laughs> well, Ren, you're doing a great job. I mean, if that's what you're seeing is happening here, Ben, then. <laughs> Listen, well, I got to win a <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let me win, damn
0: it. All right, here's one for you. No one should ever lie. Ben, you're going to argue for that. Yes, no one should ever lie. And Ren, you're going to argue that, yes, people can continue to lie. When convenient.
1: <clears throat> well, Chris, I'm going to take you back. Grade 10. We're at your house. We have just come in from the back deck. We're incredibly stoned. You, me, our friend Leon, our friend Ari, we're very high, visibly high. We're probably eating candy, and we're playing video games. And your mom came home, probably pretty drunk, and she knew. And she said, who's been smoking beef? And we lost our minds laughing because that was the funniest thing we'd ever heard. We were high. And she looked at Ari in particular, looked him right in the eyes. said, Ari, the truth shall set you free. And we all thought it was the dumbest, funniest thing in the world. Cause she wanted us to admit we were getting high. And she said, the truth shall set you free. So I know your mom listens to the show. I'm gonna quote Mary Peller. <laughs> the truth is always the right answer. Ari learned from that moment. We all did. Lying never gets you anywhere. The truth shall set you free.
0: I think because- you're remembering that story wrong. You also so. just
2: sold her Air Ari, <laughs> which makes you a liar. It's probably you. See, that's no. a you got you to save your own beef, my friend.
1: Who's been smoking beef?
0: I thought you were going <laughs> a different direction. She said, who's been smoking beef? Because she legitimately thought someone had been smoking beef, whatever that would mean. But then where she should have lied, she turned to Ari and said, Ari, what did you do to your hair? It looks awful. And that's something that you could easily lie about. Say, oh, yes. you changed your hair.
1: You know what? That night has a lot of learning opportunities now that I think back on it. <laughs> okay, Ren, in favor of lying. Uh, yeah, I
2: mean, hell, it's the, you know, instead of being like, what's wrong with your hair? You'd be like, yeah, it looks great. It's It's wonderful. You made someone else feel better. Maybe in the end, you've convinced yourself of it and you didn't hurt anyone else's feelings
1: i'm down with lying
0: okay i'm gonna have to give this one to Ben. the truth yeah i figure it's like free. the truth oh say really <laughs> okay i thought
1: ren had a good point i think i'm in favor of a little lie to save someone's feelings
0: well you know what okay. this is back-to-back pods i've been on that my mom has come up so you just you're playing to me a little bit with that wow. answer as well <laughs> so close to mother's day that was know? like
2: insider knowledge <laughs> it
0: that wasn't was even an cool. accurate story Ren.
2: Yeah, there's that. What part wasn't true? Anyway, we don't need to. Most of it, you probably
1: lied through all of it.
0: I was no. going to say, the whole story was made up. Now you I'm lied to the get
1: points. the point, the irony of it all. You don't remember your mom saying very loudly, the truth shall set you free to Ari when we were all high?
0: Yes, but after she, after she made fun of his hair.
1: <laughs> <Anyway>.
0: <laughs> and she truthfully thought that someone had been smoking beef, and my dad had said, I don't think it's beef, Mary.
1: <laughs> Wait, really? I thought it was like,
0: yeah. And she was like, I think I know lying. what we... smoked beef smells like. No, she was. I mean, um, the part was accurate where you said she might have been a little drunk.
1: Oh, Ren is. Ren has seen a lot of things go off the rails, and now she's getting to see this podcast go up. I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. Is it tied? Let's pretend it's tied and this is the tiebreaker. Okay. Or I'm winning, but okay. <laughs> Let's
0: do it. It's tied in unless Ben wins this round, Ren, and then, and then you win anyway. Um, Last one here. We're going to go a, a, a touch deeper. Uh-oh. You would like to live forever. Ren, you're going to argue yes, you'd like to live forever. Ben, no, you would mm-hmm. not like to live forever.
2: If you live forever, you can finally figure out the definition of craft.
0: <laughs> Ooh. Will, there be... <laughs> <laughs> will there be enough time? Yeah, there will because you'll live forever.
1: You'll get to see the craft brewers come around, putting up their act. All the value statements will become truth.
2: Oh my god, wouldn't that be great?
0: Or you're just mean, the I last person both. on earth, and then uh, yeah. you know it's whatever you want it to be.
1: Oh my god, then you can take the longest nap; it'd be so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you could like, I you could phone it in for like at your job for like a week and be like, whatever. Like you're gonna. I also love me. that you'd still be working.
2: Like you would live forever, and you're like. Worry about your job. We got
1: money.
0: Yeah, who's going to pay for that life? It costs money.
1: I, I just mean like you could so be like, like forever, but you could be like you could you wouldn't sweat anything because like in the long yeah. run, you're like fuck it, this doesn't mean anything. Like oh, you're gonna fire me? I'm gonna live forever. Like I could be not to work. I could no, be heck? homeless for fifty years. What the fuck? I'll, I'll do that. Who cares?
0: Well, you guys are starting with with like an attitude of someone that's already lived for a four or five hundred years, but that's if you, you just found like out. A,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and Ben, are you against living forever?
1: I mean, you have to watch all your loved ones die. Um, you probably have to watch the robots take over when the AI gets out of control. We're already there. Whatever Elon Musk is going to do next, you're going to see that. I mean,
0: <laughs> but you won't otherwise.
2: Yeah, I was like, what, I are you, like, frozen? Yeah. Like, what is isn't he about? older
0: than you? I don't understand.
1: Yeah. He's got oh, stuff no. going. He's got stuff like 500 years down the road he's got planned. No, I don't know why Elon Musk came into that, that <laughs> argument. Uh, living forever would be terrible. I think, it, it, oh, God, this is going to get so dark. But, like, realistically, <laughs> the demise of humanity probably isn't that far off when you consider the history of Earth. So you'd have to watch that. And that would be pretty rough. Uh,
0: I mean, <laughs> I think there's a bit of a lottery on when the earth is going to end. I mean, that could be a really long time from now.
1: Forever is even longer. <laughs> if you live forever, you're going to see that. You will see the end of humans.
0: Yeah, it's true. We got maybe a yes. few hundred years left.
1: I was like, that sounds really good, though.
2: Like, I now want to live forever if I can watch the end of humans. <laughs>
0: To
1: watch it all burn, just like yeah, (laughs) pull a popcorn and just hang it out. People are just cooking (laughs) in their own skin, and like (laughs) it's
0: a different take on the debate. Ren, Uh, yeah, I get to watch everybody die. (laughs) (laughs) We got the same answer. Same (laughs) same (laughs) answer.
1: (laughs) Living forever, for and against. You have to watch everyone die. For you get to watch everyone. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: one small word. One small word.
1: Well, Chris, you get to pick the winner. So
0: there's Ren in a landslide.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Congratulations, Ren. You Thanks, are the man. second ever winner of Pell's Corner debate.
2: I was like, isn't this
1: only the second? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> grows on you.
1: Well, before we wrap things up, Ren, we also like to do I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I'm totally going to put you on the spot. I'll give yeah. you. Me and Chris going first to scramble. But we like to recommend something that maybe people should read or watch or do. Um, Chris is stroking his chin like someone who forgot.
0: No, no, no. Someone that was spent 20 minutes trying to think of something new that I've experienced since the last recommendation because I kind of moved through media pretty quick, very slowly.
1: Okay, okay. Um, I'll go first. I'm going to talk about a book uh, that was recommended to a friend shout out to Scott Merrifield if he listens to the show. Uh, Scott and I maybe are similarly a little grumpy. And so he recommended a book called A Man Called Ove, uh, which is a novel by a Swedish writer that was published in English in 2013. And it's about a lovable curmudgeon. Uh, You learn pretty quickly that he is a widower planning to end his life, but then things take a turn. That's all I'll say. But if you have like a grumpy old man in your life and you want to like see things through his eyes <laughs> and maybe sympathize with that grumpy old man in your life, it's a good read. I'm not done yet. So it could get shitty in the end, but so far I like it.
0: <laughs> okay. Ren, you want next. to go?
1: Chris, you want to go?
0: Oh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go next. Do you have more time to to gather your thoughts and your recommendation, Ren? Um Uh, I'm going to stick with Swedish authors as a theme and uh, I'm going to recommend Jonas' uh, book The 100-Year-Old Man Who Climbed Out the Window and Disappeared um, which uh, fascinating read, very entertaining. He's he's a 100-year-old senior citizen. It's his 100th birthday. Climbs out the window of his old folks' home in Sweden and just goes on an adventure. and On the adventure, he relives kind of his life, which is it's Forrest Gumpy, but without the American bent to it. It's all kind of world events and things like that. And, uh, you know, the history buff in me kind of enjoyed learning some things I didn't know before.
1: Did we really just both recommend a book about a grumpy old man written by a Swedish guy? That's fucked up. <laughs>
0: We're bringing the so real
1: diversity to the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will not be recommending a book about a
2: group written by a Swedish person. Um, I'm actually going to do a, a double. So uh, Chris's whole like book versus movie. This is book versus documentary. Uh, it's called High on the Hog. The book is by Dr. Jessica B. Harris. The uh, documentaries on Netflix includes Dr. Jessica B. Harris. Um And I can't remember the guy that's that is like the main host, but it's basically a history through black food through different spaces. And um, he's an American kind of reconnecting with like his black roots that he didn't know about. Um, There are parts that are like super sob worthy, but there's a lot of like, huh, did not know that. So stories about rice and how important it is in the African continent and like as important as it is to Asian cuisine and to Asian culture. It is the same kind of level so if you don't want to watch the netflix documentary read the book because the book's really great too so high on the hog
1: high on the hog it's sweet oh, not, swedish. Not, not swedish not swedish
2: and no grumpy old men.
1: Wow,
0: well so really how did they get you. swedish rice into africa i'm confused <laughs> i'm gonna watch the documentary and read the book i gotta understand this better
1: well Ren, thanks for being on the show i hope uh I think you should bring your podcast back. I'm working or, on it. I'm working on it. Nice. Because honestly, the world doesn't need to hear much more from guys that look like me and Chris. <laughs> I think there's enough uh, voices like ours on Podcast <laughs> World. We just kind of do this to have fun. And I like, it's like a power trip for me to make people watch me eat burritos on Zoom. So this has been super fun. It was, for me, it was great. It?
2: I haven't watched anyone eat a burrito in a very
1: long time. I think I was pretty cool about it. Like pretty quiet. You guys can yeah. barely... Th- Okay. Good. Yeah, I feel like you ripped people off of the like burrito ASMR though.
0: Yeah, agreed. Well, I was told that there was going to be lots of squelching noises.
1: Well, that's on my OnlyFans. If you really want to hear how I eat a burrito, <laughs> you've got to pay, baby. <laughs> and we'll leave it there tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Ren. It's good to see uh, you. Thanks for coming on, Ren. Thanks nice for to you, come- meet you. Please come to London soon. Let's drink some beer. Okay. Okay.
0: Are you What do you want me to say?